0: Elon Musk has done it again. Welcome to a brand new episode of This Week in Apps. I'm Ariel from AppFigures, and here's your weekly recap of everything interesting from the world of mobile apps and games. And I'll start with a question. How many downloads do you think a tweet from Elon Musk is worth? Write your guess in the comments, and let's see how close you get after I tell you. See, earlier in the week, Twitter kingmaker Elon Musk did something he hasn't done in a while. Elon helped an app get downloads. Last Sunday, Elon casually mentioned on Twitter, he started intermittent fasting and right after I mentioned the app Zero, calling it Quite Good, and I'm not gonna try an Elon accent, don't worry. How many downloads does Quite Good get you when tweeted by Elon Musk? That's the question. But first, Zero is an app for tracking intermittent fasting, a fairly popular way to time your eating to lose weight. I even tried it at some point. Zero was founded by Kevin Rose, the guy behind Dig, and I know I'm dating myself here, but now you have some context, that's important. The app has been available since the end of 2016, and in the last few months, averaged roughly 5,000 new downloads per day, according to our estimates. On Sunday, when Elon tweeted it, downloads jumped to 41,000, and on Monday, to 47,000 one day. Downloads sloped on Tuesday because tweets don't have that much momentum, but still ended the day with a cool 29,000 new downloads from the App Store and Google Play. In total, one casual tweet about an app most people don't really need earned zero about 108 new downloads, compared to about 15,000 it would have gotten without it. That might not sound like a lot when compared to the millions of downloads that Elon got for Signal last year, if you remember that, but that's a lot of downloads for Zero. In fact, it's the most downloads the app has ever seen in a single day. And considering it's somewhat niche, I see this as a serious positive. I'm sure Xero is happy and it's a good reminder that influencer marketing is a great way to get downloads especially when it's done casually. Now, if you're an influencer and like my videos, please mention them to your audience casually. And if you aren't, giving this video a like will make me as happy. Thanks. Speaking of Elon and Twitter, August is behind us, which means it's time to take a look at Twitter's in-app revenue. I've been doing that every month since Twitter officially made in-app purchases available to users because I think it could become an important revenue stream for the platform. And that is if and when it's done right. The last couple of months have not been great for revenue growth, but things changed in August. Twitter's revenue has grown fairly steadily, I want to say, and at a nice pace earlier in the year, but June and July have been very slow. And by very slow, I mean revenue growth rate of just 1% in June. Went up to 5% in July, but I mean 5%. A sharp decline from May's 17% growth and April's 18% growth, and if we zoom out a bit more, the 29% it saw in January. Between a weird recession and a circus-like takeover, it's easy to see how some things would get put on hold. Not ideal, but understandable. But it looks like that pause was undone in August as Twitter's in-app revenue grew by 24%. And it also crossed the half-million-dollar mark for the first time. We estimate that August's net revenue hit $573,000 from the App Store and Google Play. As you might expect, the App Store was responsible for most of that revenue, about 90% of the total which has been the average for the App Store since the app started charging. And the usual disclaimer, that's net revenue, meaning what Twitter gets to keep for Twitter Blue and share with creators for super follows. Twitter's revenue might be growing slowly, but in the process has shown other platforms that in-app purchases are actually a good idea. Platforms like Snapchat, which offers way less and earns way more if you've been watching the previous episodes. I'm glad things are getting back to normal for Twitter, but still think this is way underperforming. One of these days, Twitter will really try and then we'll see serious growth. I guarantee it, or I think so at least. Next, I love finding apps that hit new all-time highs, especially when those highs have a dollar sign in front of them. And I have one you may not know because I definitely didn't. Live 360 is a location tracker for family and friends. So pretty much a third-party version of Apple's Find My. That's very popular on the App Store and on Google Play. You might think that no one would need a tracker like that, but our revenue estimates suggest they do, and there's a lot of them because monthly net revenue hit a whole new all time high in August of $13.7 million. That's a massive number, but it's not the only interesting part. The speed at which it grew in 2022 is another cause for celebration. In January of 2020, net revenue was at around $2.7 million. No, I don't mean 12, I didn't forget the one, I mean 2.7. Monthly net revenue grew slowly and reached $3.5 million in 2021, which is commendable, but not nearly as exciting as January of 2022, where Live360's net revenue rose to more than $9 million. Just a mere few months later, August, and Live360 is now close to $14 million. That's a lot of money. It's interesting to me to see how many people trust an app that tracks their location these days and give it their money. So while digging into the app's history, I discovered it was actually selling that location data to data brokers. Huge no-no, but emphasis on was because according to an article from The Verge, they aren't anymore, and I'll link to that article in case you're curious. I I find this still interesting. Shifting gears a bit, ex-president Donald Trump has commanded the news lately. I don't want to get into the politics of it because I don't really care about that. All I care about are numbers, but I expected such attention on him would lead to more downloads for his social network app, Truth Social, which I've talked about before. If you remember, the app rolled out earlier this year and had a very successful first week thanks to a hack from the App Store, something everyone can do, not specifically him. Now, I'm solely basing this on downloads. They had a lot of downloads, but after the first wave of excitement, the app disappeared from the top charts and downloads faded away quickly. So did all the new news attention give Truth Social any new significant downloads? The answer is actually no. Truth Social didn't get much attention during this news cycle at all. Now, while it wasn't, another app was, and that's Rumble, another Twitter alternative. Rumble is downloaded around 7,000 times a day on average, according to estimates, and it had a few days where downloads tripled and even quadrupled for a day or so, but only a small handful around the 2020 elections. Last week, downloads began to grow and within a few days hit a new all-time high for the app. Downloads started growing last Tuesday when the app crossed 10,000 daily downloads, just a little bit more than normal. They continued to grow into the weekend and hit 215,000 new downloads on Saturday and a similar amount on Sunday. Downloads were down by the end of the weekend, but are still about eight times higher than a normal day. According to our app intelligence, in the period between last Tuesday and this Tuesday, Rumble added 780,000 new downloads from the App Store and Google Play though mainly from the App Store, which is pretty normal by now. What's also worth noting is that not all downloads came from the US, which is what I had guessed would be the case. Only about half of the downloads across both the App Store and Google Play came from the US. The rest came from really all over. At the same time, Truth Social was downloaded just 41,000 times on the App Store and no times on Google Play because there's no Android version yet. There's a beta one, but it's not available to most people. Having never used Rumble, I wonder if this kind of popularity will earn it the bullseye that ended parlor. We'll see. And last for this week, bank apps get downloads. Quite a few downloads. Growth, however, was never amazing. It was stable, but not really amazing. And then came virtual banks, the kind that don't have a physical location, just an app. And many thought that they'd quickly and easily take over this entire industry. I mean, after all, who wants to go to the bank, right? Well, I was curious to see how downloads of traditional bank apps compared to those of app-only banks over the last few years, so I rounded up the most downloaded apps from both categories and tracked them over time. The trends surprised me more than I would say I expected. But first, the groups. For traditional banks, I aggregated downloads for Chase, Citibank, Wells Fargo, Capital One, and Bank of America, the most downloaded bank apps in the US. And on the other side, we have Chime, Varo, Sable, and Current, the most downloaded in their own category. Both categories have seen little growth before 2022. There was some, but not much. In 2020, downloads of traditional bank apps were totally stagnant, averaging 2.8 million downloads every month, which is a large number, but it was pretty consistent throughout the year. There was some fluctuation, but only minimal. 2021 was a bit more active and downloads grew about 15% overall. Better than 2020, but nothing like the growth they've seen in 2022. Virtual banks, which you'd expect to grow faster, Did, but only kind of. Downloads of the virtual group grew in 2020, but remained stagnant in 2021. Really counterintuitive, if you ask me. Traditional bank apps have been in high demand, though, in 2022. The collection, led by Chase, grew 45% so far this year, and we're just a little more than a halfway through. At the same time, virtual bank downloads dipped losing about 13% of monthly downloads since the beginning of the year. I like to end on an IRL example, and this, although not as intuitive or attractive as some of the others that I talked about, is a good example that people do want to go to the bank. Maybe not go to the bank, but at least to know that a real bank exists. Either way, they want it, and that's going to be hard to compete with. And that's all I have for you this week. I hope you've learned something new. And by the way, Be Real, which I looked at last week, is still the most downloaded app in the US. That's wild. If you want to see how its downloads compared to Instagram, check out the episode here. And if you have any questions about apps, leave me a comment. I'll see you next week.